Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. All is well here locally weather-wise. You know, in our last episode, I was doing it with some uh, tornado sirens going off in the background and some warnings and things like that. Ah, it's exciting times. It's also very cool how you can uh, sort of keep up with all that kind of stuff on your computer, your tablet, the TV, your phone, the weather radio. I mean, so you have it all sitting there screaming and watching, you know, and just sort of watching the wonder and the glory of what God has created and Really, what is the judge's creation now? And, you know, gives you some idea about what's just yet to come. So anyway, we're continuing through the book of James. We're in the fourth chapter of James. So let me get over here real quick <clears throat> as I start talking about it, right? <laughs> and in the fourth chapter of James, at the end of the sixth verse, we saw that God is opposed to the proud, but that he gives grace to the humble. Uh, these verses right here especially are quite convicting because uh, they remind us of how we really are to live before one another. And even as we progress on, as we are loving one another and walking in humility before one another, that we will be challenged. So just listen to what he says right here. Verse 7, he said, Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Quite often you'll hear people quote, Well, if you resist the devil, he'll flee from you. So just do it automatically, he'll fl flee. Well, they missed the sentence before. Submit, therefore, to God. If you're not submitted to God, you can resist the devil all you want. And there's not going to be a lot of fleeing because he has you. Okay, you must submit to God. And so we see these instructions. We see these commands before us. Submit to God. Resist the devil. Then a little promise right there. He'll flee from you. Verse 8. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. You know, quite often people say, well, I just feel so distant from God. I wish he would do this. I wish he would do that. And we forget that we have a role and responsibility here. We are called, well, what we've seen right here so far, to submit, okay? We are called to draw near to God, and he'll draw near to us. Now, that doesn't mean that God's playing hide and seek with us. A lot of times people sort of act that way and feel that way, that God's sort of hiding over here and hiding over here. Not in that sense. Now, some of the things about God, yeah, I mean, there's a, is it a proverb or a psalm that says that it's the king's prerogative to, to hide things, but it's the, the, the ones that are under the king that can you know, search these things out? <clears throat> what it's talking about is, is that God is there. He's right there waiting and wanting the relationship with us. We're the ones that are not drawing near. We're the ones that are going our own way, doing our own thing. So James is saying this, quit doing that. Submit to God, draw near to him, and he'll draw near to you. Now, a lot of times people immediately want a, a checklist. Okay, tell me what I need to do. What are the things I need to do to draw near to God? That's not in and of itself inherently evil. Okay, I know what you mean by that. Okay, but really the idea is this. Quit being distracted by the cares and concerns of the world. Quit doing things your own way. Do things the way that God has told us to do things. Draw near to him. Yes, we are to pray. Okay, yes, we are to be in his word. Yes, we are to worship him. Yes, we're to meditate upon him. Yes, we are to fellowship with the body of Christ. There's all sorts of things I can sit there and tell you that we do. But the bottom line is, above all things, draw near to him. When you do that, he will draw near to you. 
In other words, he's going to reciprocate. He's not going to hold back. He's not going to sit there and say, oh, you got to chase me some more. <laughs> no, not that kind of thing. Now, verse 8, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. It continues on. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. So again, firing all these commands, firing all these instructions. If you have sinned, if you are sinning, if your pattern and practice of behavior of life is sin, then cleanse your hands. Wash your hands of it. Quit doing it. Now, the thing is, is he talking to uh, those who are believers? Is he talking to those who are of the world and not believers yet? And he's saying you need to get saved? I would say yes to both. If you are not saved, you may be very, very religious. Okay? You may be very faithful in your religion and faithful in your church activities. But if you're pattern and practice behavior, now the reason I say it that way, that's what you see in John's writings, particularly his letters that if it's the pattern of your life to sin and to live with a particular sin in your life and you're unrepentant of it, then cleanse your hands, folks. Separate yourself from that. Let go of it. And then purify your hearts, you double-minded. Double-minded. Quite often that is those that would profess to believe. It actually has this idea, a wavering of thought, two minds. You're vacillating between one and the other, one and the other. And he says the problem with that is, is that your heart is not pure. Okay, your heart is compromised. Your heart is desiring something. And to purify it literally means to cleanse yourself of defilement. Get rid of that defilement. Okay, get rid of it. So look what he says in verse 8 again. Draw near to God, a promise with it. He'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Then in verse 9, he says this, Be miserable and mourn and weep. Well, that sounds exciting, right? Let me just read the rest of the verse. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Mm, let's see what the other translations say. Maybe they'll help us. Here's the King James. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Hmm. The English Standard Version says this. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Well, that doesn't help. So we've seen be miserable, be afflicted, be wretched and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Well, let's look at the lexicon. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloominess. So what's being said here? What's being said is here that they were double-minded. What's being said is on one hand they would say, oh, yeah, I'm a believer, I'm a believer, I'm a believer. But then they were acting and committing sins and their hearts were compromised. So he's saying, you know what, I, I like the lexicon. You need to lament over this. You need to mourn. You need to weep. You need to repent. You need to afflict yourself. Don't sit there and say, la di da di da di da well, everything's okay with me, so I'm going to be all right. He says, no, take this laughter right here, this false laughter that you've got, this joy that you think you have, which is really joy in the flesh and joy of the soul, joy, you know, a, a soulish type of thing. He said, you need to turn that around. You need to realize that that's fake and that's false. And you need to turn that laughter in the morning and your joy into gloom because it's deceiving you. Verse 10, last verse we look at today, I think helps us with this. Humble yourself in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. Most of us probably memorized King James. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Okay? The idea is this. They are walking in their own pride. They're walking in their own spiritual hubris. And he's saying, you know what? You need to humble yourselves. You need to humble yourselves in the presence of God. You need to humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and realize, wait a minute, this stuff you've been doing is sin. This way that you've been acting before one another, remember all that, what they'd been doing? 
He said, what's the source of your quarrels and conflicts? Remember that in this chapter right here? He says, you've been asking and asking, but the reason you haven't received is because you're asking the wrong motives. He called them adulteresses. Yeah, oh, yeah, remember all that? That's the context of this. And he says, you need to repent, and you need to be miserable and mourn, and you need to humble yourself before God. And when you do humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, he will lift you up. The other uh, three contemporary versions say he will exalt you. He will raise you up, and you'll be able to live the way that you're supposed to live. Powerful things here right here, folks, and really, really are. So I encourage you, uh, before you recline upon your night bed this evening, to go read the first part of James chapter 4. Well, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. As always, I ask you to, to pass the word about these times together. Every time I say that, we get a little bump in participation. You know, you can check the analytics and all that kind of stuff. And so I really thank you for that. Uh, also, go to my webpage. You'll see the daily podcast. You'll see the, uh, the daily podcast and the daily blog. And also, you'll see a place there to where if God moves upon your heart to help support these times, there's a Patreon link right there, and you can help support. I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.